Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. We're back with the final instalment of our NBL Focus show before the Christmas little break we've got coming up. Certainly looking forward to that. Uh, it's been an absolutely action-packed week. The games have been coming thick and fast. Now, if you're a basketball fan, NBL games have been on pretty much every night this week. The NBA, just it's trucking along at a rate of knots. Uh, the action has been relentless, to say the least. So... Certainly looking forward to getting into this episode. A lot of news to get through. Um, just before we get into the show, though, guys, a big shout out to the cover and stadium scene, both doing tremendous work for not only us, but other content creators out there. Uh, certainly just want to highlight all the fantastic work that they both do. Now, as well, I know we're a basketball podcast, and you might notice the uh, the bags under my eyes. I just want to shout out the World Cup winners this morning in the, uh, the FIFA World Cup, Argentina. Uh, I made the... Uh, no, it was the right decision. It was the right decision. Getting up this morning, 2 a.m., uh, one of, if not the greatest sporting event I've ever had the uh, had the privilege to watch. It was truly a tremendous game. Granted, I know we're a basketball podcast, but just wanted to highlight highlight Argentina and Lionel Messi in particular. It's um, you know, in any any kind of sporting sense, whether it's Tiger Woods, whether it's LeBron James, whether it's Michael Jordan, you know, whether it's Roger Federer, you've got to appreciate greatness while we've got it. Uh, and that was one of those moments this morning with Messi where you kind of 35 years old, you know, he's on the back nine now, uh, but just a phenomenal, phenomenal showing from him and just a privilege to be able to watch it. So uh, I'm going to wrap this one up and probably hit the snoozer to be fair. But uh, let's get into it, guys. As I said, a massive week of action. We'll start with some quick odds and ends from the NBL. Now, the first point that was posed, it was during the week and it was a question that was asked, should NBL All-Star Weekend return? Now, it didn't kind of take me too long to come up with an answer for this. I got a resounding yes. Um, I kind of ran through the pros and cons of it. And to be honest, there wasn't really any cons. I think the league now is at a point in its popularity. Um, you know, it's, it's got the, the viewership uh, and it's got the names and the personalities to actually make it, put, to put it forth, to put forth a great spectacle, I think, and a real showcase of the game. Um, you know, I'd love to see a matchup, imports versus Australians. Uh, you know, add the dunk contest, a skills challenge, three-point competition. Let's make it happen. I truly, truly think, as I said, I just think with where the popularity is now, you know, the last three to five years, it's been year-on-year year growth at an exponential rate. Uh, I think now's a perfect time to capitalise it on it. And as I said, like with the names we've got in the league now, Bryce Cotton, Mitch Creek, Ray John Tucker, all these names are becoming more and more well-known, like across a household kind of, I guess, point of view. Um, I think this is an absolute must for the league, and to, I'm just I'm just thinking of in my head how it would all work. But if you if you put forth a game imports versus Australians, just thinking off the top of the head, I think it would be a fascinating fascinating game at the minute with the NBA All Star game. You know, captains are selected, teams are picked, things of the kind. Uh, but having this, I think, would add just a little bit of extra spice to it. I think, and I think it would really get people you know, kind of clamouring to see the Australians do well. So if I was in a front office position within the league, I think over the next season or so, this is a must. Introducing the NBL All-Star All Star Weekend, uh, it's got to happen, and it's got to happen sooner rather than later. We'll push on. In going with our theme of congratulating player milestones over the last couple of weeks, a big shout-out to a couple, a couple of Melbourne United players. Firstly, Brad Newley who notched up game 300 versus the Hawks the other day. 
and teammate Chris Goulding, a staple mark of the league. He also clocked up game 400. So tremendous, tremendous careers from both players. Um, you know, Goulding in particular has still so much to offer. Newly a little bit older, a little bit longer in the tooth, but still able to provide valuable spot minutes. And just that leadership and calming presence within the locker room is still huge. Um, but as we've seen, you know, Goulding still has that ability to just turn a game on its head this season. With his, with his ability from deep, uh, he really is one of the most must-watch players within the league when he's uh, when he's on form. So hopefully we see plenty more of those games from Chris there. As I said, a big congratulations to them both, though. 300 and 400 games, respectively, is nothing to sneeze at. So a very well done to both players there. News came out today, actually, just a, a little bit earlier prior to going on air. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are set to be without import Zochi, uh, who is returning home to China due to family commitments, family reasons there. Um, the team is hoping from reports coming out today, hoping that he will return at some point within the uh, remainder of the season there. But across nine games, he's averaged 6.4.4 rebounds. Um, I th- oh, he is, I, I think, probably the most dominant interior force on the, on the defensive end, should I say, um, the best rim protector within the league. So it's certainly a big loss there. We'd seen him coming off the bench a little bit more in recent times, given the output of Alan Williams uh, and Enzo Chi's absence. He's certainly going to have to continue that that output that's kind of made him one of the most must-watch players in the league as well this season. Uh, Williams has been on an absolute tear, whether it's scoring in the paint. I mentioned last week that you know a key for them was continuing to start him over Zochi. Uh, well, they've got they've got no choice now that Chi's gone. So. Fingers crossed we get to see him back within the league this season um, and hopefully this doesn't uh, upset what what the Phoenix have going at the moment because they are really on a roll. We'll push forward with the Adelaide 36ers. Now, very exciting news if you're you're from the city of churches. They have finally filled the hole left by Craig Randall's departure. Now, they've filled it with none other than former Kings player and title-winning player in saying that, Ian Clark. Now, he averaged 14 points on 43% shooting from three last season. And this certainly just kind of ties in off the back of what I was saying last week about the uh, Adelaide 36ers there. Live by the three ball, die by the three ball. Having a guy that's going to uh, gonna shoot 40, well, who shot, should I say, 43% last season certainly aids in this. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a really, really troublesome big three now within Clark, Cleveland, Franks there. Mitchie McCarron as well. Uh, they're a roster that, you know, it's been a slow start to their season, but all the workings are there for them to really springboard into the, uh, in, off the uh, second half of the season here. Beautiful, guys. There is a quick little recap of odds and ends. We'll push on now. Daily dribble. Into a little segment called Fast and Furious. Now, it's a shame I couldn't get a hold of him. It would have been great to have uh, Vin Diesel chiming in here, a little cameo appearance, telling us the importance of family. Um, the Fast and Furious franchise, I tell you what, though, it's, uh, it kind of feels like Elton John, a comeback tour that's uh, it's never-ending. Like, the, should I say, a last tour that's never-ending. These movies just seem to go on and on and on. I know there's, what, another one or two to come? What are we up to? Fast and Furious 9, I believe, this spin-off series? Incredible. Um, the way this series has grown legs, it kind of started with, you know, drifting and street races, and now it's all about bank heists and... Who knows what, but uh, nevertheless, we've called this one Fast and Furious. As I said, the games have been thick and fast. 
And, the, and that's set to continue over the course of the next week or so. Up until the 27th, there's a game every day. Um, so I thought I'd just give my fast and furious takeaways from the action over the course of the last week. Uh, I've got four to rip through here, so I, I would love for you guys to tell me what you think of them, where I went right, where I went wrong. Be sure to hit us up on our socials and let me know. Uh, had a couple of great conversations last week with a lot of listeners out there regarding uh, last week's NBL show, and I, I just love it. I love it. I say it time in and time out. You guys make the show. I love chatting ball. Any opportunity possible, so keep it coming. And speaking of which, actually, before I get into it, we have this week our last episode coming up on either Friday or Saturday. We're just ironing out the times, given it'll be Christmas Eve on Saturday. Uh, but the team will be running a, a mailbag episode. Now, these tend to be probably some of our more, let's say, loose episodes. Uh, we tend to have a couple of drinks and just we love answering the questions that you guys send in. So continue to do so, whether it's basketball or non-basketball related. Send us a DM, send us a message Get in contact with us and put forth your questions. We would love to read them on the upcoming show and uh, and tackle them with uh, the Christmas gusto that I'm sure we'll be bringing to the show. So be sure to hit us up, guys. Right, there you go. Another little classic Nick tangent. Let's get into it. Um, so here are my Fast and Furious takes. The first one being Rage on Tucker versus the Phoenix. Now, Melbourne United were able to get a commanding win in the throwdown against the Phoenix Thursday night winning 92 to 76. Rage on Tucker was a huge reason as to their success in this game, arguably having the best game of the, I, I, I think, the best game of his season to date. He dropped 33 points on 11 of 15 shooting, went 7 of 10 from the three-point uh, from the three point line, should I say, and just looked really aggressive. Granted, he had seven turnovers, but that aggressiveness was, I, I think it's his best attribute. He was a plus 23 in his 28 minutes on the court. And I think this is kind of a performance that highlights how they can possibly turn their season around and get, you know, make a playoff push. It's going to be a tough, like, as I've said, over the course of the last couple of weeks, it is going to be a tough road back for this franchise. But performances like this, the way they're building, Shaley coming back now, Goulding finding a little bit of form, Rathan Mays coming off the bench, which I like as a spark plug there. It's looking a little more well-rounded, the squad now. I think if we can get a few more performances like this out of Tucker, uh, they're certainly still a threat. As You know, the Phoenix are one of the form teams of the competition at the moment, and they beat them very, very convincingly the other night. So a really, really solid team performance there from Melbourne United, but especially off Rage on Tucker. This is the Tucker we thought we were going to get coming into the season. Highlight plays, aggressiveness, attacking the lane, the ability to shoot the three ball, uh, really that kind of three-level scorer, this was him at his best. So fingers crossed we get to see a lot more of that from Ray John Tucker. I'll move to the next game, or the next point I had was domination from Keanu Pinder versus the JJs. Now, I was fortunate enough to be at this game, um, and what a game it was. It really was a tremendous watch. The JJs were looking really, really solid. They held a seven-point halftime lead. Uh, before the Taipans rallied to to get the win, ninety-one to eighty-two, um, and I, I saw a bit of a post today from Corey Homicide Williams. If you're not familiar, commentating a legend of the game, um, and he put up his top three MVP picks at the moment. It was Mitch Creek, Keanu Pinder, and then Xavier Cooks. Now, with performances, with what I saw the other night from Pinder, 
I can see why he's in this conversation, and he's certainly in my eyes one of the top top couple of candidates. He dropped thirty four points, seven rebounds, two blocks, one steal. He went two or two from the th- uh, from three, and ten of ten from the free throw line. And t- to be quite honest, he looked virtually unstoppable at times. You know, even though Magne Krizlovic, they had they had the size on him. But they were just no match. He's so strong, but he's so quick. Um, and I went in. I went into the game, and I was talking to Rowan. I said, you know, whatever happens, I'm really looking forward to seeing not only Pinder but also Taji McCall, um, who was also massive. He had 23 points, six rebounds, five assists in this one. But really looking forward to seeing McCall and Pinder, and they did not disappoint. You know, everyone else was a little bit patchy. Quoll was quiet. DJ Hogue didn't quite find the rhythm. Um, but what Pinder did uh, was just uh, kind of, I, I think for me, one of the most exciting performances I've seen in person over the course of the last couple of years, uh, virtually unstoppable. And as I said, he was coming up against bigger bodies, but his combination of speed, size, um, and just overall ball skills, he, he is a franchise star, and he has stepped into that role perfectly. The last couple of years, it's been the Scott Machado show. Um, he's departed. It looked like Tajir McCall. Number one guy, uh, but I think Pinder Pinder is the face of that team at the moment, and he's continuing to deliver on a night in night out basis. If he continues to put in a few more performances like this, he will be one of, if not the front runner for the MVP award. And uh, I think he he certainly deserves all the credit and uh, accolades he's getting at the moment. But a hell of a game, hell of a game. Certainly looking forward to uh, this coming Thursday night. Going to see the Illawarra, uh, the Jack Jumpers play the Illawarra Hawks out at My State Bank Arena. Certainly looking forward to that one. They need to get the win, I think, just to keep in touch with those top top couple of teams. Uh, they also face the Adelaide 36ers a little bit later tonight, so that's also sure to be an enthralling game. Um, a disappointing loss, but a really, really solid win there from the Cairns Taipans, which uh, which keeps them in touching distance of the, of the top two there. So a fantastic showing there from Pinder in particular. The next point I had was Adelaide dismantling the Bullets. Oh dear, what do you say about the Bullets? Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the quote, the analogy, when you hit rock bottom, the only way's up. I, I thought Brisbane had hit rock bottom the other week. I really, really thought they had, but things just are continuing to go from bad to worse for this franchise. Adelaide absolutely punked them 108 to 77 on Saturday night. Antonius Cleveland had 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists, whilst Robert Franks dropped 25 points, six rebounds, three assists. You know they are a scary proposition now. I know, you know, it's uh, the Bullets. They've been, you know, probably the whipping boys of the comp for the most part of the season. But the performance from Adelaide was so well rounded, and the fact now, as I touched on earlier in the show, they've added Ian Clark. Um, a guy with real pedigree, NBA experience, coming off the back of an NBL championship, shooting 43% from three. Um, I think they're a team that uh, are really poised to make a run in the second half of the season. A lot of pundits out there had them as the title favourite. That that was whilst Craig Randall was in the squad, of course. But, you know, they're still they're – they're not an easy beat. They're going to be a tough out on any given night. Um, and I, I really liked what I saw from them the other night. And – a big part of that, I guess, was the fact that the three ball was dropping. They went 12 of 27 in this game, 44%. Again, tying in with that point I made, 
Live by the three ball, die by the three ball. When it drops, they are they are going to be a hard beat. 108 points is a mammoth score in an NBL game. Um, so just a really, really complete performance from the team. As I said, a big game against the JJs tonight. If Adelaide win, they're right back there in the mix. If the JJs win, they keep touch with the top three teams, um, top three, top four teams there. So it's a, a lot on the line. So certainly looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. And uh, just for Brisbane real quickly, I I think I'm now of the opinion that they are the worst team in the league. Um, to be honest, I think I would rather have the Hawks roster. Despite having a worse record, I think their roster, as I mentioned last week, the acquisition of Michael Fraser over the last couple of weeks, Sammy Froling really starting to step up over the course of the last month or two, Tyler Harvey still in the squad. I think there's just a little bit more about them. There's more that I like personally. Um, than what the Bullets are displaying at the moment. So for me, they are the worst team in the league. And it, it pains me to say, um, you know, I'm a huge Sobey fan, Aaron Baines, Tyler Johnson, Tanner Krebs, but they are the, they are performing the worst at the moment, I believe. Okay, we'll push on to my last point here, guys, and it was the Phoenix and Kings lighting it up. This game yesterday, uh, it was an absolute Sunday shootout. Uh, it went to double OT, but it finished the Phoenix winning one thirteen to one twelve, and really it was a, it was just a one v one for the most part. Derek Walton went off with, he just went absolutely bananas, forty five points, four rebounds, ten assists on fourteen of twenty seven shooting, whilst on the opposite end, arguably the MVP front runner, Mitch Creek dropped forty six points, ten rebounds, and fifteen of twenty seven from the field. Just an incredible, incredible game. Uh, the Phoenix came out of the gates really, really hot. First quarter looked, uh, you know, they looked like they just kind of shell-shocked the Kings. But as the game went on, the second quarter, they started to build, started to build. They shot the ball better. Um, they got better bench production. And probably after quarter time, they probably deserved to win this game. Yet the Phoenix were able to hang tough and get those offensive board and second-chance points. And... Uh, now, in the grand scheme of the season, it's uh, it's a massive win. I think this result probably solidified them as a genuine title contender. I already had them in that kind of that 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 contender tier, um, but for a lot of people, I think this was the kind of the uh, you know the the hammer dropping point. They currently sit fourth in the league. They're eleven and seven, um, but they are knocking on the door. They are right there with the top three teams in the Breakers, in the Kings, and the Taipans. So. A lot to like about the top four. With that loss, though, to the Kings New Zealand, jump ahead just on point percentage there. Um, but, yeah, as I said, absolutely fascinating stuff there at the top of the ladder. Across the league as a whole, uh, there's so much so much exciting stuff happening at the moment. And as I said, games going on every day. We've got another eight days in a row of NBL action. Um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I love basketball. So the more games, the merrier. Um, it is the most merry time of the year, is it not? Merry Christmas indeed. So having games on every night is certainly music to my ears. Um, and speaking of which, so given that all that action, I can't wait. We'll be back next week, another massive NBL show. As I said, coming this week, a little bit later, Friday or Saturday, we'll have the ne next instalment of our NBA show. Uh, Rowan Lee joining me to open up the mailbag. Guys, be sure to get your questions in. Um, you know, be following our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. I'm going to put up a few posts over the next day or two. I'm getting you guys to submit your questions in, so be sure to do so.
as I said, we said it on the uh, on the show the other day. Check it out if you haven't already as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, um, you know, all the shameless plugs here. But uh, we, we said we love basketball questions, but we also love the non-basketball questions. Make them as wacky and bizarre as you want. You know, as, as Ro mentioned uh, the other day, last time we uh, had a question that was, I think, something to do with what would you do if you owned an elephant? You know, we had all manner of things from using it as a tourist attraction to using it on your commute to work. So be sure to throw whatever bizarre questions you want at us. Guys, that wraps up another installment of the Daily Dribble Show, our NBL-focused show. I've had an absolute blast. As I said, after an early morning, I'm going to wrap this one up, try and get a maybe an hour or two sleep before the Jack Jumpers play. Um, and if you're heading to the game on Thursday at My State Bank Arena there, you see me in the crowd, be sure to come up. I'd love to have a chat. Love to uh, love to talk some ball with you guys. So uh, certainly look forward to seeing you a few then. Okay, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Certainly getting into the festive cheer, now only a couple of days away from Christmas. And I'll talk to you guys a little bit later on in the week. Bye.